0: Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Super Conscious Success fan. Welcome back to another incredible interview. Now, I am so blessed to have on my show today the author of Energy Healing for Empaths. Now, being an empath myself and also, you know, having my share of energy vampires around me, um, this is definitely an episode that I was really excited to talk about. Now, if you're an empath, you're struggling to set boundaries, maybe discover your uh, your own power amidst chaos, or even to overcome the energy drain from the vampires, then definitely listen up because we're going to be talking to Lisa Campion. Now I'll let Lisa tell you her story, but I'll tell you a little bit about it. She's the author of the number one best-selling book, *The Art of Psychic Reiki*, as well as the book *Energy Healing for Empaths*. She's psychic counselor and Reiki master teacher with over twenty-five years of experience. Lisa's been teaching Reiki for over twenty years and has trained over a thousand people in Reiki, and has done over fifteen thousand individual sessions. She's also the host of the radio show and podcast. The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. She specializes in training emerging psychics, empaths, and healers so that they can fully step into their gifts since the world needs all the healers that it can get right now, especially in today's in today's um, climate. So, hey, Lisa, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing so well, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to talk about this stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. I've been really looking forward to it because I do think that at the moment that this is something that we really do need to talk about and it's something that you know when we can't actually manage our our own um emotions and our own energy then it can really take a toll on on our happiness and our well-being. So I'm looking forward to getting into this for our listeners. So Before we do, please tell us your story and how you came to be talking about this topic.
1: Sure. Yeah, well, I grew up, um, I was born in the 60s and I grew up in the 70s and 80s, just outside Boston um, in a big old haunted house, you know, and I was one of those sort of like I see dead people kids. I was very psychic, very, and was an empath too. But back in the day, there really was no Um, there was no podcasts like this. There were no psychics on TV, no books, no, you know, nothing. Mm. It was, it was a very different world. And, and I knew from an early standpoint that I needed to be kind of quiet about my gifts. Um, You know, if you see angels and talk to dead people that that doesn't normally, you know, that go well, (laughs) people think that you have like, you know, a mental health issue and um, it doesn't go well. So I knew even when I was really little I remember telling myself I had to pretend to be normal in public because I didn't want to I didn't want that to happen to me and then I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was going on um looking for books in the library um try you know trying to understand the empath stuff as well as the psychic stuff and um really struggled a lot I spent the first 20 years of my life trying to turn it off you know Figuring out how to turn it off, and then it was the 80s, and it was the dawn of the new age, and all of a sudden there was a lot of information that I could have about, you know, I worked with a shaman, there were books, I worked in a new age bookstore, and I and I got the training that I needed um, to really understand my gifts, and I had this funny moment when I was 17, I was just in in university, it's like. You know, going to a party at university like on a Friday night, and I was feeling mm-hmm. great. I was all happy. And I walked in to this party, it was a house party. And I sat next to this guy, and you know how the empath always finds mm-hmm. the person who's the most miserable in any in any room, right? And he's like, so we can fix them. Into, that's right. <laughs> he's like crying into his beer. He's having the worst day ever. And he's like, Whoa, You know, and five minutes after sitting at him, I, I just felt terrible. I felt mm-hmm. like, this like, total like horrible depression, like suicidal depression, drained. I'm like, I've got to go. I've got to leave. Like, what is wrong with me? i am I crazy? Like, am I just like, so I yeah. got up and I left, I was like sweating. It was not pretty. And, um, and the, one of those sort of, one of those life changing moments that happened to me in that right. There's somebody made me turn around and look in through the window and I saw him sitting and crying. So, on the same place on the same couch, still crying into his beer, and all of a sudden I felt fine. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm my I myself again, right?" And that mm-hmm. in that moment, I realized it wasn't my stuff I was feeling. It wasn't me. That all that was him. It was his sadness, mm-hmm. his depression, his anxiety, and I was suddenly fine. I was like, "Oh, like oh, it's not me." And that I mean, this was 1982. There was no mm-hmm not a lot about it still no word that word empath didn't come around for you know 20 more years um and and but the, in that moment i just understood and i knew that i needed to protect myself i knew that i needed to um to take steps so that i wouldn't be like that psychic sponge that just picked up everything
0: yeah and that's when i
1: started working that's when i started seeing clients
0: wow and that's when the yeah. reiki and that um came into it as well
1: yeah. Well, the Reiki came later. So I started um, actually working as a psychic when I was 19. I don't know why I did. I just, you think you can
0: do stuff when you're 19. Yeah. <laughs> we think we can do anything at that age. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, well, sure.
1: <laughs> I can do that. No problem. And uh, yeah. and then I quickly learned, needed, I I understood that I needed more skills. So I went back to school and I studied counseling and psychology and for a long time mm-hmm. became a therapist. So for a long time, I I combined therapy with psychic. That was really a great combination. And then about 20 years ago, a little over 22 years now, I learned Reiki and then added that into the into my mix. Um, but these days, my um, my real joy is to train other people to help people that are mm-hmm. that are understanding that they're an empath, or, or feeling the calling to be a healer, or going through a psychic opening. And people, there's a lot of fear and yeah. pain and suffering around those things. If we don't have help, we don't like, I don't want anybody to have to do it the hard way like I did.
0: No, and I know know exactly what you're talking about, Lisa, because there have been many times in in my life, a couple in particular, where the same things happened to me that happened to you when you were 17. And I'm actually a naturopath and a remedial massage therapist. Mm -hmm. And so I remember multiple times going into those massage rooms and coming out completely drained and because when people go in to get a massage obviously they want to offload everything they Mm -hmm. they want to offload all that energy they want to offload their problems and they want to talk and so I would come out drained and I was working alongside another massage therapist and I explained it to him and I said I don't know why I'm coming out feeling like this this is this is before I knew that I was an empath and this is what was happening and he said you have to protect your energy when you're in the massage rooms because, um, because what they will do is they'll lie there and unconsciously, obviously, they're going to start to, zap, to take your energy. And so yeah. I started to put like a bubble around myself and I started to protect myself with this bubble so that so that you know I didn't absorb all of their energy. I could still listen to them and interact with them, but I didn't come out feeling like I was, I literally felt like I could sleep for a week. It was, it was exhausting. And, and so I think that that's, that's the thing when you're an empath, if you start to, if you don't recognize it um, you can be around certain people and it just drains you. It just completely floors you. And we're going to get into this um, in this episode, because it's important that we understand how we do protect ourselves from these energies. And I know there's been, there's been a time when I've been at a family event, and um, all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but the energy in the room just changed and people started talking negative and people, it was Christmas, actually, it was Christmas day. People started talking negative and started being, I don't know, the energy just completely shifted. And I remember I had to actually leave and I actually mm-hmm. had to go out to the car and sit in the car by myself for you know 10 or 15 minutes to recalibrate myself um thankfully thankfully my husband knows by now and and if I take off if we're at a party and I've taken off he knows exactly what's happened because I'm an introvert an introvert too so I absorb all of that and um so yeah so it's kind of it's it's interesting that you know once you actually recognize this you can actually start to to you know look after yourself and put things into place that are going to help you to manage that energy so before we get into all that for those that don't know, what is
1: an empath? So an empath is like, you know, back in the 90s that there were, you know, the psychologist Eileen Aaron, she she coined the term the highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. That's sort of like when we started thinking about that, that there's sort of a different type of person that's very highly sensitive. And, and I think the highly sensitive person is slightly different from the empath. She really has, has it as a nervous system. So what's sensitive is our nervous system. And a lot of times that the HSP are highly creative people. They have sensory integration problems They can be very emotional and sensitive to people's emotions, but it's more of a nervous system issue Mm. and empath is slightly different, uh, the, the highly sensitive people are usually creatives. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're like artists or writers or, you know, they're highly creative. Then an empath is more like a healer, same type of person. And sometimes people really relate to both, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, I think I have a little bit of both characteristics, but an empath is a person who literally feels with our feelings um, and in our body, what other people are feeling. So we're like a big psychic sponge and we absorb the energy, emotions and thoughts even Um Uh, and physical sensations of other people and we experience those things as if it's happening to us like you in the in the massage therapy room it's going to be a lot more intense if you have your hands on people that's Mm -hmm. you know it like amps up the intensity of our ability to absorb and until we figure it out it feels like a great big curse um that we a gift we wish we could throw back you know yeah when we do figure out how to manage our energy what it really is is a the gift of the healer because those things are like having a built-in mri and x-ray machine for a healer so you're you were a massage therapist you work as a healer um and what what can happen then is that those things will give you information about what's going on with your client you know sorry <laughs> we're gonna finish it up she so re- just comes to visit for our Zoom call I'm ever on so, um, so
0: good
1: <laughs> so um so that you know that's really what like what is for It's for this, you know, we tend to be helpers, healers, caretakers. we tend to want to be of service, even though we're introverted and we're not quite sure we like people actually, but we're yeah. called to to be of service to humanity and it, and those things help us understand what's happening for somebody even if they can't explain it like you can tell what's going on with your cat they can't communicate but an empath can feel what the cat's feeling thinking needing. what if there's pain in the body right and if you're working on children or you're whoever just doesn't always know even, even perfectly you know grown perfect adults don't always know what's happening inside of them but we feel it right yeah that's really what what it is
0: Yeah, and what's what's interesting is that what people don't understand is that when we do absorb other people's energies and when we do take all of that upon ourselves, then this can actually lead to not only emotional Distress and psychological distress and a whole heap of things, but also physical uh, issues. So yes. I know myself before before I realised this and I started to protect myself, I actually ended up um, getting extreme adrenal burnout, and yeah, I too. ended up with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Um, wow. So autoimmune thyroid disease, and so then at that point I had to give up the massage because it was just it was just taking on too much. Um, too much energy for me and go into um recuperation mode so how does the the impact of energy have on our physical well-being
1: wow well jennifer i'm so sorry to hear that happened to you the same thing happened to me pretty much exactly yeah. um so it can quite make us quite ill until we learn how to you know really handle this energetic overload but i here's my theory about it is that we have Five filtering organs in our body, and that we learn how to run this ex- excess energy through our gut, or our kidney, bladder, kidney, liver, gallbladder, lungs, and skin. Usually, we have one of those things where we run all this energy. Your liver is a filtering organ, right? So it's yep. Your gut is a filtering organ. It can we can learn how to filter all this excess stuff through there. But it's like you know, if we're a sponge and we absorb the this all this goo, and we don't know how to um, which I call client goo. If you're working on yeah. person, <laughs> it's client goo, right? Um, and uh, you absorb all that client goo and you don't know how to clear it. You're, you're stuck with all this negativity that can make you quite ill
0: yeah. and exhausted,
1: you know? And the other thing about a sponge is not only does it absorb, but it also leaks. So empaths tend to have pretty leaky energy and that can give us exhaustion, fatigue, you know, and, and because
0: it's you, almost it's almost immediate isn't it you come into the vicinity of somebody that that may be um cluster b personalities they may be yes. you know narcissistic disorder they may be yep. um you know energy vampires all sorts of different um different character traits as as we call it there's um so but the moment that you actually come into contact the moment you're actually in their vicinity, you can feel exhausted and you can even just think about this person and feel exhausted so is it is it like that quickly that we can that we can just totally absolutely
1: yeah and it seems to be physical proximity so if you Mm. sit next to somebody you don't know for six hours on an airplane yeah you know even if you have never speak to them and you don't know anything about them like you can still happen Um, or it's like our people that are close in our lives your 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 mother-in-law your boss at work like your your children whoever is in your if we have like um you know just spending a lot of time with them that can happen too where we just get drained and what happens is especially with the energy energy vampires is they form energetic cords with us yeah and those are like energetic connections that um persist when we're not in even in the room with them you know and that that can really take a toll we're quite sensitive to those because we don't have very good natural boundaries and we really mm. care we're really kind We want to help people we really and we
0: think,
1: people's pain. yeah and we i think that as an like, empath- i'll just take all that from you and you're going to feel better and then it works and then we keep doing it
0: and that's the thing and i think that as empaths we're just natural nurturers we just we we just believe that everybody's good and everybody's amazing. Yes. Everybody's got their own path, and we can help everyone. We can fix everybody, but in reality, right. we can't. And we have to put ourselves as number one because if we don't, we don't have the energy to feed it to to be able to put out and to heal people. Um. So it's very, yeah. We we tend to be overgivers as empaths. So you were talking about the energy cord. And how you know, if you're around somebody for a long period of time, like you said, like your family or very close friends, um, parents, children. Um, if you're around those those people and they've they've created this energy cord, how do we go about severing that energy cord so that so that we don't have those connections?
1: Right. There's really two ways we do it. And the, the easiest way is to do mm-hmm. um kind of like a energy cord clearing and you can just imagine that you know you you ask your angels to come in and sever the connection um I know people who do it with a crystal like you kind of take a crystal and you like cut you know run it through your energy field like that
0: um Mm -hmm.
1: uh, you can do it in a guided meditation just like disconnect it and and then we also have to do the harder work of coming out of codependency in our relationships with those people yeah. and that mean that might mean actually saying no setting a yeah. boundary like dealing with a relationship on the ground you know yeah person to person and what i notice is that if we do the energetic part first it often kind of gives us a leg to stand on so that the um you know i, I think cord cutting should be and can be part of our daily energy management Um,
0: yeah
1: you know it's like psychic hygiene like you brush your teeth you cut the cords you know like you wash your hair you you ditch the energy you picked up from other people and you put yourself back in your bubble and there's certain steps that we do on a daily basis I do them several times a day I do them between clients I do them before and after I go into a big store like these big box stores are very challenging environments for empaths Mm. we you know um Like, I get halfway through Costco or a place like that, and I'm like, "Ah." I don't don't
0: even try going into Costco. I I can't remember when I lost my car in the parking lot. You know, like, it's, (laughs) I've like ditched my shopping
1: cart in the middle of Costco because I just had a like, I'm like, oh, empathic overload panic attack, you know? um so before and after like if you do it before you go in and after you come out and halfway through that these these practices strengthen our boundary over time sort of like weightlifting, you go to the gym you lift weights you get stronger over time and we can do that with our literally our energy field and that that gives us the strength to do the harder thing which is to actually deal with the person in in real time
0: yeah and I think that you know, if it's somebody that you can actually cut ties with, I think it's a lot easier. But if it's somebody that you're in a close relationship with, like you said, it takes a lot of work, because it takes mm. the healing from the codependency, it takes the setting boundaries. And as empaths, we're not good at setting boundaries. Yeah, because, because we we believe that, you know, everything's going to be fa- everything's going to be all right and you know they they don't mean anything by it it's, it's it feels hard. so mean it feels yeah, so mean to so... set a boundary <laughs> to say no is that a boundary you know yeah. and for other
1: people they're like whatever you know like it's no big deal but for us it's like oh, i was so mean i said no
0: you know <laughs> and then
1: and it's like then we have to have, go have a
0: lie down, right? You know. Yeah, exactly. It, it just takes it out of you. But it is really, really important that that it's something that the empath learns. And if you can't say if you can't say no, then say, look, I'll think about it. You know, That's or leave it, yep, leave it with me. Yeah, leave it with me. And the unfortunate thing is that sometimes when you're dealing with, um, as I said, cluster B or energy vampires, um, they can often not take no very well. <laughs> so because they're trying to absorb your energy and they're trying to they're trying to um you know to fill their own cup with with your energy and so when you say no it's like saying no sorry but you fill your own cup i'm filling my own cup um and so they can often they can often not take it too well but um it is important as an empath that we do do that for our own well-being and for our own energy so um you we were talking a minute ago about empath overload and I have experienced it. Um, Go a little bit into, for the empaths out there, a little bit into um what empath overload is.
1: Yeah. So it's this moment, like if we're a sponge and we're not protecting ourselves, empath overload is the minute your sponge is full. Yeah. You know, when that sponge yep. is full and we experience it in as anxiety, most people, um, sort of leave their body. They get sort of dissociated. Like you pop out of your body and you're space. Now you're spacey. That's why I can't yep. find my car in the parking lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, what, <laughs> what color is my car? Like, where is it? What am I, what plan am I on? You know? And, um, and then we can have a headache. We can get cranky, irritable, stomach aches. Um, you know, my kids who are, my kids who are all empaths would come home from school like that, you, you know, know, they just be a mess. And, you know, and so it's sort of a combination of emotional and physical um, symptoms that can be quite, it's quite unpleasant. Yeah, um, And I'm sure who's listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's like that moment you have to leave the party and go sit in your car is because you hit empathic overload
0: yeah absolutely it was it was just like almost like my head was about to explode. Right. I'm like, look I, I can't sit here any longer. this is just yep. this is just getting too much and and my husband he was just like, okay. It's it's gotten a bit much for us, so um and it just takes ten or fifteen minutes and recentering and regrounding and and you know like you said cutting the cords and and resetting, dumping all that
1: negativity you picked up yeah. out of your body, clearing yourself. So that so I sort of have a process for that, which is mm-hmm. kind of the cure for this, and that's recentering. So that's coming back mm-hmm. home to yourself, and yep. grounding, which is being back in your body. And centering and grounding tend to take out the dissociation. Like if you yes. just like left the building, you know, like you've left yourself and you're flying around the parking lot somewhere, you know, then the recentering recent and grounding bring us back in. Then we need to clear the the energy that we picked up. I use like a breath breathing down my spine and out the bottoms of my feet and into the earth to release that. And in, and simultaneously pulling in light, that's refilling our and replacing our lost energy and then sort of the icing on the cake is the bubble that you talked yes. about already. So protecting, so being inside the bubble and those mm-hmm. things now, like I have it down to, I can do it in a few breaths and with my yep. attention and, and I do it like, you know, as needed. And also before I go to bed at night, because I don't sleep very well if I don't. Yeah, no,
0: it does. It totally affects your sleep. And we yeah. were, we were speaking before about how, as an empath, we can sometimes take, well, we do, we take on other people's stuff as our own. Now, how do we distinguish between what's theirs and what is ours?
1: Such a great question. And it's a key, it's a key question, Jennifer. So thank you for asking that. And I think that it's a simple question is, is this mine? Mm-hmm. Um. So when I feel something I start asking, is it mine? Whose is it?
0: Yeah. And
1: if I'm if I've been in touch with myself, I know that it's mine. Like, you know, and one of the challenging things for empaths is that we really need a daily way to manage our, and process our emotions. We Mm. need to journal, we need to meditate. We need to do something to handle our emotions on the daily. And if you're doing that, it's really obvious if it's yours or not yours, you know, your body will tell you, your intuitive sense will tell you your emotional self will tell you if it's not, you know if it's not yours you flush it down the grounding cord and release it if it is yours then you need to attend to it with Mm -hmm. loving care and attention like we attend to our feelings you know
0: yeah absolutely I think this is why it's so important Superconscious success is about us connecting to our higher self it's about us connecting to source and and being able to recognize who we are as as souls who we are as who we really are, um, before we were put down on this earth. So um, it is important that we do learn to connect with that higher self to connect with, with that, that part of us that um, only looks for the good. Um, And so this is where intuition comes in. This is where getting in in touch with our our inner being comes in. This is where healing our inner child comes in. Um, So for people that maybe are not that connected, because, you know, our world's busy, our world is noisy, there is, there is so much noise in our world at the moment, that I think that people don't take the time to sit down and just listen, they, they just, the amount of people, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was saying, the amount of people that need to have noise around them all the time, in order to feel centered, in order to feel like, I don't know whether it's because they're scared of their thoughts or whether it's just, you know, they're one of these people that just likes. I've always liked quiet. Me too. So I've always liked to be able to just sit in a room and just, you know, even when I'm in the car driving, I very rarely will have music on. Um, right. My husband's the opposite. He'll get into the car and music's glaring. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I do think what you just said, I think it's really important for people to, you know figure out a way that you can connect with that self and then you will know what's yours and what somebody else's
1: if you don't know what's yours if you don't know yourself yeah. how are you going to know what's yours and what's not yours and when you do exactly. know yourself you do like it's yeah. just if you ask that question and i think that's a question that also what it's a matter of discernment really you know mm-hmm. and when you continue to when you continue to practice that it gets e- easier over time yeah you know, absolutely. To give that discernment Absolutely. So I know instantly, really instantly, if it's mine or somebody else's at this point,
0: you know, yeah, I'm um, the because I'm,
1: I'm just so aware of what's going on inside myself most of the time.
0: And you can also, I think if you really look into it and you go, okay, well, I was feeling fine before I was around this person, all of a sudden I'm now like exhausted and distressed and, you know, negative energy, then you can kind of discern that it's, it's most likely not your stuff. it's most likely the other energies that are that are being put on top of you. So um, now I wanted to talk to you a little bit about old soul empaths. So um, I have always seen myself as a bit of an old soul. And I've been and I see myself as being connected, because throughout my life, I mean, I've been connected to different energy vampires, and we all do. I think I think every single one of us is connected to to some at some time we're like and a some,
1: magnet we're like a magnet they just come around <laughs> like exactly. like, did, you know the, 10 miles away it's gonna find it's gonna find you yeah. like.
0: if you're an empath you you've got it you know you've got many in your life but yeah um, I believe that that everyone that comes into our life comes into our life for a purpose Yes. And I believe every person that comes into our life comes into it to help us learn, to help us to grow, to help us to expand as a soul. Um, you talked in your book about an old soul empath. Can you just go into that just a little bit for me? Sure. And how we may know if we are one.
1: Well, you know, I want to say if you're an empath, you are an, you're an old soul, pretty much. Um and I see this I mean this is just like my own my own metaphysical belief. I don't know if it's really true. It's just my current working theory. Yeah. But I I find that um we gain empath status, nature, you know, attitude as we go through our lifetimes. So we maybe new souls are kind of more like that cluster B. Cluster B, yeah. per, you know, person you're talking about, they don't have much empathy. Um, they're, they're just kind of crashing around looking, you know, power, sex, and money, trying to accumulate those things.
0: Mm.
1: Um, we go into middle soul time. It's very painful middle soul. Cause it's a lot about dealing with the karmic consequences of our bad behavior in our new soul days. And we learn really compassion through suffering in yeah. our middle soul days. And then as old soul, we're really kind of, we've learned compassion. We've become empathic. we, always think about how other people feel and now the the thrust of our life is about service to humanity how can mm-hmm. we help how can we serve how can we help other people and and so there's a polarization going on here between the the new soul energy vampires and the old soul empaths and whenever you get a polarized you know things like that then we have uh, we have potential to learn mm-hmm. and grow and I think that our potential is to learn boundaries they yes. often come around to give us sort of that friction. It's like going, you know, five rounds in a boxing ring. Like, you know, oh, you got one in on me. Okay, like, you know, so we. That's what I've.
0: That's what I've found. It's really been about teaching me about my own power. To tell you the truth, it's about teaching yes. me about okay, you know what, I am a strong person. I can do this, you know. And yes. I think that that's the thing. It's 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 a little learning lesson, but it's one that's really, really important because I think oh, that so important. I think that empaths can, can lose that sense of self. If they're not careful, they can lose that sense of who am I? Um, especially if you are absorbing the energy of vampires. So yeah, exactly. Um,
1: and we get, and they have a stake in that, that, that that's sort of like, that's what they want us to do now. And what they have is the opportunity to heal because yes. we're, like you know they take a step towards us become more empathic we take a step towards them and become more boundaried and strong and everyone yeah. um, you know comes towards the middle which is more healthy so i think that's the potential it doesn't always happen that way and sometimes we just have to like do a little spiritual kung fu and 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 set the boundary
0: yeah, because if we don't, then what we tend to do is we tend to go down towards their vibrations and their energy and it will drain us. It will, and it is of absolutely no purpose to them whatsoever because right. it doesn't, like as empaths, we're the light. We are there to to shed the light. We're there to help, as you said, heal humanity. Um, and so if we allow ourselves to be absorbed by those energies, we don't have the capacity to do that. So it is important that we that we start to you know put all of these practices into place that we've spoken about today, and I I did want to ask you too. There, I've done I've done a lot of reading on empaths throughout my throughout my years, and I do know that something that is pretty common amongst empaths too is addictions. Now, yeah. whether that's you know alcohol addictions, whether that's drug addictions, whether that's even addictions to food or sugar or whatever it is why is it that empaths are so prone to addictions is it because they're trying to numb themselves they're trying to stop all of that flooding of of negative energy coming in they don't want to think their thoughts why is it that they're prone to addictions
1: i think you i think you answered that um pretty well Mm. there there's a couple of reasons i think that there's the numbing
0: um Mm.
1: because we don't, and this is why I think learning how to manage our own emotions is key. Yes. Um, so we have to, we're super emotional ourselves. We're very prone, not only to addiction, but anxiety and depression. Um, anxiety comes from being poorly boundaried. Depression often comes from not knowing how to fulfill our life purpose because mm. you know if we're here to serve, but serving puts us in the line of fire somehow, we often don't do it. And so, you know, and and addiction sort of like it's, it's like depression anxiety and addiction it's like the trifecta of, yeah. of disturbance you know a mental and emotional disturbance for, for empaths like i think we're we're just trying to stop feeling other people's feelings stop feeling our own feelings and i noticed a strong connection with smoking and empaths and oh, it's so okay. interesting to me because what do you do like what do you do when you want to leave the party you go out for a cigarette it gives yeah. you an excuse the psychological the thing yeah and then you stand by yourself outside where there's no other people and you take and you blow cigarette smoke through your energy field which is basically the same thing as taking a sage and uh, blowing I it, never thought of it own, like that wow, right
0: okay and, the, yeah. and then you
1: take a you take a huge breath and then you know so you start breathing right and there's like all this like um all this benefit that happens yeah. for that, and I'm not advocating smoking by any means, <laughs> but I understand why people do it. And, and yeah. I think when when we learn these fundamental energy management, you can get you can accomplish the same thing, um, without the cigarette. You know, once you're yeah. aware that that's what you really need. And I think yeah, what, I, what if you have an addiction, like look at what it is you're trying. That's what need is it fulfilling in you, and then try to find an, an alternate way to get that need met.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to finish up our call. Like I said to you, I could talk to you for hours about this because there is so much that that we can learn as empaths. And there is so much that if we start to recognize that being an empath, as you said, it's not a curse. We've often thought of being an empath as a curse because it's, it's uncomfortable at times. And yeah. it's you know, it can really affect, like you said, physical health, emotional health, if you don't if you don't get it in check. And so I think that you know, if you start to see it as an opportunity, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to be able to learn how you can heal, um, not just yourself, but heal others, because yes. you know, we can be the shining light. But unfortunately, as an empath, we are often the target of narcissists, of um the energy vampires we're talking about, the cluster Bs. Um, Can you let us know what these terms, these particular terms mean? How do we go about um, dealing with these sort of, with these sort of energies? Like what is, what are the steps that we can take right now if we're in that particular situation?
1: Yeah. It's, I talk in my book about, you know, three or four different types of energy vampire Mm. and uh, the cluster Bs are the real extreme, personality disorder type, narcissistic, Mm -hmm. psychopathic kinds of people. And and if you do have one of those, it's just important to get away. There's no, there's no possible really reforming them. That doesn't, it's not going to work to drag them to therapy, mostly because they don't see that there's anything wrong with them. They're perfect. And you're clearly the problem. And they're rather remorseless. Once you stop feeding their, them, they just, find another victim they're like okay I'm done with you and they move on you know if you have had an encounter like that you probably need help it's like yeah. getting run over and you might need some recovery um you know help after like a you know if you've had one if you've been married to one or you've had one as a boss or something um you're going to need some help with that yeah. and there's the victim type too the victim type is more common that's the friend who calls you and just talks about the same thing for an hour, every, you know, they never want to change. They never want to do it. They're just like absorbing energy. They don't, they just like to complain and often end up making worse decisions. They make the one decision that's going to make their situation worse, you know, and with those people, it's more about limiting your time. I mean, you might just walk away, but you might just like, I'm only going to talk to that person once every three months or once for five minutes or so. you know, It's again, the boundary, the boundary, the boundary, like, what are you willing to give? And the, the most important, the most single quickest way to tell is if you feel the feeling of resentment. So you could do like a little inventory in your mind about all the people you feel resentful about in your life. And whoever shows up on that is an indicator. They might be an energy vampire. um, And, or it's whoever it is. It's a person that you need to set a better bound. You need to back up and reset your boundary because resentment is a red flag that we're just giving more than we're receiving back in yeah
0: in a relationship mm-hmm. absolutely wow that's fantastic so i think with everything that we've spoken about today lisa i think that the empaths out there can start to recognize that it's it, it can actually be a a great thing if if we learn to yeah. protect ourselves, learn to put that bubble around ourselves, learn it's to so break amazing. that energetic cord. Yeah, absolutely. Think about so it. If, is- I mean,
1: if empaths were in charge of the world, we'd have so few of the problems we have now. <laughs> we'd have people wouldn't be hungry or in pain. Like we would do something about it. You know,
0: that's it's a true. Thing that's true and we wouldn't have any of the issues of the of the energies would we because we'd all right. be <laughs> fantastic well thank you so much lisa is there anything else you want to say um on the podcast about about this particular topic make sure that you go and get her book energy healing for pass that's available on amazon isn't it
1: amazon yeah and also yep. on my website i have a free four-hour video class um for nice. that, yeah that brings up a lot of these things topics and leads you through the meditations and the practices of boundary setting and energy management so visit my website and you can get a free class Wonderful. Um, and so yeah. so
0: your website what's the website lisacampion.com yep. easy to remember fantastic you're um in the middle of writing a new book and you've also got the book um on reiki if you're interested in learning about reiki um which is another wonderful energy modality which um which can really help the empaths out there so um Mm. and as lisa said before she does actually help those that are are in past they're wanting to help other people um then definitely get in touch with her so thank you so much for being with me today lisa
1: oh jennifer thank you so much for having me
0: and i'll make sure that i put all of that in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you thank you so much okay thank you (laughs) bye-bye